Welcome to Vineyard Hopkinton. As we follow Jesus together, we experience the Holy Spirit, create a multicultural community, and pursue kingdom of God justice. Happy late Thanksgiving. How was everyone's holiday? Huh? That, that good, guys. That good, huh? There, there's another holiday coming up. So I guess if you didn't hit this one, you know... I always say the same thing every year. I finish the meal, I'm like, I'm not going to eat again for another week. And then they start heating up the pies about an hour later. Realize that was not true. <clears throat> but as a culture, we go through a little bit of whiplash uh, right around these couple of days where we gather around the Thanksgiving table and we say, thank you for everything we have. And then about 24 hours later, we run out on Black Friday and say, I need to get more stuff. We tell our kids to say everything they're thankful for. And then the next day, we put up the Christmas tree and have them write a letter to Santa of the gajillion things they want to acquire. Uh, As the holidays approach, we do have to kind of discipline ourselves to avoid the siren call of materialism and really just accept true happiness and thankfulness. Uh, I love this little video. If you want to pull it up for me, Stephen. Some of you are having really good ideas on how to save yourself a lot of money this year. Uh, But this is your yearly reminder to not buy your kids a ton of stuff. It steals their joy. Me, I buy my kids a very reasonable amount of stuff, and then my in-laws buy them too much stuff. Um, But you know that question, (coughs) if you could live in any period of time, what would it be? When they ask historians that question, if you could live in any time period, what would it be? They always pick now. Because as much fun as it is to think about the glory of ancient Rome, none of us want to live there. And as cool as 1920s Great Gadsby flappers are, most folks didn't have indoor plumbing back then. So the moral of the story is enjoy your electricity And driving to the grocery store instead of walking to the field to get your food and be grateful, right? Yes, but maybe there's also a little bit more that God has for us to strengthen us in gratitude from the ground up. Because I realize in this time of gratefulness and thankfulness that some of us also are struggling with some very real things. Some of us also have some lack. So we're like, how do we balance this 
How do we integrate this in ourselves well that we are truly thankful and grateful but are also able to hold it all openly before the Lord? I think there's a lot about gratefulness that we can unlock spiritually today. Today we're going to talk about thankfulness for scripture, from Scripture, and that might seem like a little bit like, of course, we show up on church, you know, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, of course we're talking about thankfulness. We don't usually actually, it's the first Sunday of Advent, usually we're jumping into Advent season, um, sometimes we have a guest speaker on, on this day, but I think today there's some things that God wants to teach us about thankfulness that isn't forced, that flows out of a relationship with the Lord that builds us up, that strengthens our souls, and helps us. So let's pray, and then we're going to turn to Scripture. Jesus, thank you for your word. And Jesus, with everything going on in this season, we just open our hearts to you, and we trust you. We trust you. Would your word today um, be the solution for us? Not just a kind of encouraging fact that, that we slap on, but would your word and your scriptures say be the solution for us? Would we come to you with everything that's on our hearts and our minds today, Lord God? Not holding anything back, not putting on our church clothes or our church face or our out in public attitude, but just bearing our souls before you, Lord. Letting you do any deep work that you need to do. And receiving the truth of your scriptures, the reality of your grace, the the warmth of your love today. In Jesus' name, amen. I asked uh, Herman to read for us today. It's a little bit of a longer passage, and y'all might get tired of listening to my voice. Hello. Hello. Mm-hmm. All right. Let us all turn to Psalm 103. Mm-hmm. You can see it on the screen or on your phone, or if you don't have a Bible, we have Bible at the back there. Mm-hmm. Psalm 103. Let all that I am praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he has done for me. He forgives all my sin and heals all my disease. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. My Lord give, the, the Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. Mm -hmm. He will not constantly accuse us, nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sin. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. Mm -hmm. For his unfailing love towards those who fear For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heaven above the earth. He has removed our sin as far from us as the east is from the west. Mm -hmm. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers we are only dust. 
Our days on earth are like grass, like white flower, we bloom and die. The wind blows and we are gone. As though we have never been here. But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. His salvation extends to the children's children of those who are faithful to his covenant. Of those who obey his commandment. The Lord has made the heaven his throne. From there he rules over everything. Praise the Lord, you angels. You mighty ones who carry out his plan, listening to each of his commands. Yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve him and do his will. Praise the Lord, everything he has created, everything in all his kingdom. Let all that I am praise the Lord. For the Amen. word of the God. Amen. Thankfulness starts... With the character of God. Thankfulness starts with who God is. Sometimes with thankfulness, there's a little bit of a poverty mentality of like, oh boy, this is nice. I better appreciate it while it lasts. Maybe this evening, <clears throat> you know, Sunday, end of a uh, holiday weekend, you're going to go home, relax, maybe watch a movie, and you think... <clears throat> I better enjoy this because Monday morning, it's just all stress from here on. So I better be thankful about this while it lasts. Even worse, in this country, because we are so materially rich, there's sometimes the negative comparison to make you thankful. Be happy about what you have because other people have so much less Looking at someone else's suffering or poverty and forcing yourself to be happy isn't gratitude. I don't know how many of you heard when you were a kid, uh, be thankful for your food because there's people starving in whatever country. Well, that doesn't make me feel better. If there are children starving in another country, I'm not happy about all the food I have. I'm sad for the others' lack should cause us to sorrow or uh, be, be a cause for sharing or generosity, not, yay, glad that ain't me type of feeling. And focusing on the nicest, happiest stuff is also focusing on the most temporary. Nice stuff comes and goes and will come again because God loves us. Enjoyable times come and go. God is trustworthy forever. My foundation is God's character. He's so good and kind. He is good and kind and reliable. <clears throat> Psalm 145 says, The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. All of your works will thank you, Lord, and your faithful followers will praise you. Thankfulness is interacting with God as a loving heavenly father. I don't just say, I'm glad I have a car to drive to that grocery store instead of to that field, though I am. I say, God takes care of all my needs, including my transportation needs. Nothing's running out I don't have to cling to stuff. I can enjoy the assurance of my heavenly Father. 
our usual approach towards thankfulness is look at everything you have. Like, look at everything you have. You have so much. Look at everything you have and be grateful. So, okay, I'm grateful for my clothes. I'm grateful for the nice warm house. I am grateful for me. I took a vacation this year. That was nice. I'm grateful for when I talked to Chipotle last night. Got some new video games. Uh, I got iPhone 15, yummy chocolate, a bottle of wine, and... This is what it sounds like, right? We list our newest, nicest, happiest things and say, thanks. And that's good. But we list the icing on the cake that we are currently most enamored with. Have you ever asked a kid what they are thankful for and they list things that you are ambivalent about ever giving them? I'm so thankful that today Daddy took me out to Dunkin' Donuts and got me a medium hot chocolate, too. Uh, That explains the afternoon we had after that, doesn't it? Being thankful for some of these things just celebrates our material obesity. In this psalm, in Psalm 103, we see what I call foundational thankfulness that builds from the bottom up. We get to the icing on the cake but we start. Uh, Foundational thankfulness is remembering the most important, core, foundational blessings of what God has done for us. And then we can move our way on up. We see the Israelites doing this in Psalm 124. They say, what if the Lord had not been on our side? Let all Israel repeat, what if the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us. They would have swallowed us alive in their burning anger. The waters would have engulfed us. A torrent would have overwhelmed us. Yes, the raging waters of their fury would have overwhelmed our very lives. In this psalm, they're not celebrating um, olive oil or grapes. or I don't know what people then really liked. It seems like olives were very popular back then. Um, It's remembering when they were blocked by the Red Sea in front of them and the horsemen of Egypt were on their tail and then God came through for them. We'll, at uh, around Thanksgiving time, I'll do this with my kids. We'll read one of these Psalms of the Israelites remembering the core salvation events where God rescued them out of slavery and established them and brought them together. And then uh, I'll take these Legos and we'll together like build a foundation of the core things that we're most thankful for. So say something and then, you know, put the Lego brick in. And I'll say, you know, I'm grateful that my husband took a risk and did something really uncharacteristic and signed up for grad school in the end of August and we got, we, we met. And then the kids will say something and at some point in time we'll say, I'm really grateful for Lisa. Lisa was our social worker through the state. And uh, not everyone who adopts through foster to adopt through the state loves their social worker. But man, I call her my Jewish matchmaker because that's what she was. And she brought us together as no, we wouldn't be without our family without her. As we think about the foundational blessings in our life, man, people, people are that foundational level. 
I think of uh, one of my friends. She grew up in a not-so-desirable part of New York City. Great parents, and they were determined that she would have some of the opportunities that were not available to they themselves. So they managed to get her in and enrolled on scholarship for elementary school at a very good uh, private school in Westchester. And so off my little friend went. Um, But you know, as a six- and seven-year-old, she did not distinguish herself academically, uh, especially maybe compared to some of her peers who probably had tutors from age three. And at the end of first grade, the headmaster pulled her father in and said, I'm sorry, we're revoking her scholarship for next year. And her dad looked at the headmaster and said, All right, well, I would like to offer my services as the night janitor. And the headmaster looked at him, and he knew he was serious, that he would work all day and come and work all night. And he said, Sir, that won't be necessary. We'll extend it for another year. And the family still talks about him like, regularly, like five, six times a year, 30 years later, as the headmaster who saved dad's life. These people, short periods of time, but so foundational. I think about a woman in uh, our first church who lost her husband while we were there. He was in failing health, and they just really loved each other, maybe 70, not not that old. Um, And... uh, One morning, woke up, found him unresponsive, and he had had home health aides in, and that particular morning was a home health aide who, wonderful gentleman from another country, was working his way up and just spent a lot of time caring for uh, her husband. As they start, they call the ambulance and start preparing him for leaving his house for clearly the last time ever, he starts singing his favorite hymn. He knew. And as he's wheeled out on the stretcher, leaving his home for the last time, he goes to the strains of beautiful live music, his favorite worship song. And as she grieved her husband that year, she always would talk about him. And a beautiful song as he left to the ambulance one last time. We want to honor and acclaim these people in our life who have been so foundational, maybe for a short time, maybe for a long time. We want to honor and recognize and honor these people. Because thankfulness is just pausing to truly remember, truly remember Psalm 77, again and again, I'll go over what God has done. Lay out on the table the ancient wonders. I'll ponder all the things you have accomplished, O God, and give a long, loving look at your acts. We simply remember. But here's the thing. We are pretty good at turning blessings into burdens. We have free coffee out here, but do we have the right kind of creamer? And there's Wi-Fi, 
but it's kind of slow, and you have to walk all the way out there to get the password. We live in these amazing houses, but it is so much work to take care of them. If you feel your blessings turning into burdens, we want to stop and we'll ask, why? Why am I not so happy about my car? Why am I not so happy? Some of these things that we realize that we have, why are we not a little bit more grateful and happy and thankful? Well, I think maybe the first question is, is it too much? Is our lifestyle too much? If we are not uh, that, that thankful or happy, yes, maybe we have, we have a little bit of a bloated life. Because the truth is that sometimes our quote-unquote blessings are burdensome. That house with the big lawn is indeed an extra task. Hauling your kids to extracurricular activities all the time, you know, can become a burden because maybe it has become a burden. It's too much. You need to downsize a little bit. Otherwise, yes, good things become too large for us to handle. So if you find yourself being like, oh my gosh, my clothes just take up way too much space in my closet, poor me. Like, I got to run to the store to get more craft supplies or more motorcycle parts. I'm so busy. It's supposed to be fun. We might have blessing bloat and need to trim down a little bit. But if you look at your life and you're like, not experiencing a lot of thankfulness, but my problem is not that I have too much. I'm going to cross that one off the list. Um, what else makes our blessings into burdens? Is it my mindset, my expectation, uh, maybe competing desires? Rich Velotas says that there are three enemies to thankfulness. The first is comparing. A reporter asked uh, John Rockefeller, who's kind of like the OG Elon Musk, how much money is enough? Rockefeller responded, just a little bit more. And we feel that. Just a little bit more success. Just a little nicer upgrade. Just put this one more thing on the credit card, and then I'll be satisfied. The next enemy of thankfulness is complaining. We analyze our blessings. You know, it's a nice house, but there's no office. There's no playroom. It doesn't have a finished basement. It's a good job, but it's too far away. Uh, None of my coworkers uh, include me. And listen, there's some very real problems sometimes. We sat around our Thanksgiving table on Thursday and... uh, said all the things we are, some of the things that we are grateful for. And uh, you know what the number one thing is? <laughs> family. Family. But every family has problems. No one says, oh, I'm so thankful for my family. It's just perfect. Everyone's family has problems. When we hit 
some very real uh, issues with work or housing that's just not ideal, we want to be honest and adopt a both-and mentality. If we are honest about the stresses of our job, that releases us to be grateful for our paycheck honestly. If we are honest uh, about some of the pressures in our family, that releases us to love and be thankful for our family honestly. A both-and mindset draws power from challenging circumstances instead of seeing them as just a, a drain Instead of seeing tough circumstances as, oh no, this is so tough, it's, wow, I can do hard things and this is growing and stretching me. (coughs) Our uh, first apartment with kids was indeed too small. It was half of a house. There was a uh, single woman who lived above us. She'd just gone through a divorce, and she would always complain about how she couldn't stay here any longer because it was just way too small. I'm like, for, for you, you, it is, okay. Uh, we've got four of us and a dog. But it was also a beautiful natural light and was a close walk to fun downtown things in Westboro like the library and Dairy Queen. There were wonderful things about it, both and, and being realistic that we would need more space sooner rather than later freed me to appreciate all the parts of that spot. So both and mentality towards some of the downsizes of things that are so valuable and important to us. And lastly, the last enemy of thankfulness is good old-fashioned covetousness, covetousness, jealousy, wanting, mixed in with just a sprinkle of greed. The reality is there will always be nicer stuff. Always be nicer stuff. And we have to discipline ourselves to that. Real quick, I want to look at one uh, case study of something that I think sometimes we turn into a burden, and that is kids. I think most of us here do a pretty good job with this, but in society, sometimes we can turn children from a blessing into a burden. I'll be honest, I talk with a lot of parents who love their kids, so, so much, and who are excellent, excellent parents, but who want, you know, a small number of kids, and their felt kind of reality of parenting is stress and busyness and competing for their kids' educational achievements and sports scholarships, who have turned what should be one of the biggest blessings in our life into a little bit of a burden. And parents have always sacrificed for their children and always given uh, so much to their children. But as we look at how we as a society parent and think about kids or wanting kids, you know, there's so much competing. Our comparison around our children, you know, your kid said please and thank you and kept his hair combed for more than five minutes. You know, I'd be happier if, if my kid didn't look a mess after five minutes and grab candy in the aisles of the grocery store, or my kids are great because they don't do that, or because, you know, they they get good grades. And there's plenty to 
complain about. Uh, in parenting and in family life, I am frequently tired. With a both-hand mentality, that means that I am living a full life. Kids take up a lot of my time. I can't do my own hobbies, which means my life is full. I'm pulled into things beyond myself that I would never experience, never choose to experience, perhaps, without uh, uh, my kids. It's both and. And I think that we've allowed society and the economic system, the materialism of America to tell us everything we have to spend to make parenting extremely expensive, and we've allowed Instagram moms to tell us everything we have to do as parents instead of letting the Word of God say that children are a blessing and then working from there. The Bible says that children are a blessing from God, and we have to say that's the truth. If I'm not feeling it, what needs to change on my end? I think parenthood is just one of the many areas that we have to say no. No, I'm not going to let this incredible blessing be dragged down. I'm going to push back. I'm not going to comply with society's standards of how this has to be. I'm not going to comply with society's standards of what I should have or do or look like or, or, or whatever. I'm not going to complain or compare so much of what we have is a gift and a blessing. And there are things that just keep pulling it down. Gratitude is holy resistance to a culture of more and of hurry. Being grateful means that at least for that point in time when we were being grateful, we can't complain at the same time. Positioning ourselves in, in gratitude means that at least for then there, we can't wish for more and better and nicer. I think about uh, a couple of years ago, one of the families in the church, their daughter got married, um, had a little bridal shower out in the lobby, and uh, I was invited, uh, surprisingly, thankfully. Um, and uh, she came up to me. It's uh, Amelia Nero, and uh, <coughs> many of you know her. Um, she's like, Thank you so much for letting me use the lobby for my bridal show. I was like, yeah, you're welcome. She's like, no, really, thank you. It's so nice and it works so well. And, you know, thank you. It's this perfect spot. I looked at him like, your family is long-term members here. You grew up in this church. Of course we were going to let you use the lobby on a Saturday afternoon, barring like a huge funeral, something truly unusual. I mean, like, of course we were going to say yes. She's like, oh, thank you. It's so nice. I looked at her. I realized she really means it. She's really happy and thankful. She doesn't have to be. If we'd said no, she could have been mad and frustrated. But it was, it's an expected thing, frankly. I look at her. She's very happy and warm and smiley and cheerful. I just looked at her. I just realized so clearly. I was like... Blessing sticks to her. Blessing sticks to her. The rest just kind of f falls off. Um, if you know her, you know their family has been through some very tough stuff. There was a big funeral here uh, for them. Um, but blessing sticks to her. And friends, I think 
That's what God wants for us today. Is to let blessing stick with us because he sticks with us. He's never going to leave you or abandon you. He's always looking out for us. He is our loving Heavenly Father who delights, delights to give us good things to take care of us in season and out of season. Thankfulness truly is, friends, just enjoying the best from our loving Heavenly Father from the foundation on up knowing that God is trustworthy and reliable.